Before we get into today's show, I just want to take a minute to say thank you. It's because of loyal listeners like you that we're able to equip and empower leaders at work and at home to stop drowning in the waves of their circumstances and instead build their life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. And would you do me a favor? If you're really enjoying the show, would you mind to rate the show on whatever platform it is that you watch or listen to us? We hope we've earned five stars in your book, and that rating will help us to continue serving those in leadership. And also, feel free to share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers, or anybody else who wants to grow in their leadership. Thank you so much. Now on to the show. Your joy and my joy are expressed different. They are brought to the table in a different way because God created you and me differently. So he didn't create me to only experience and bring joy. He created all of us to experience good news of great joy and bring it everywhere we go. So I like I have to do a lot of extra work in the leadership space to convince people that joy belongs in the workplace. Joy belongs in business. Joy belongs in your leadership. Because like you, you brought it up. Who wants to follow Eeyore? This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking with Susan Bowers about how to find joy and inspiration in the chaos of leadership. Susan is a radio host, author, speaker, and joy bringer. She is passionate about proclaiming the good news that brings great joy in any way she can whether it's on the radio as the midday host of Joy 99.3 in West Michigan, her daily Joybringer radio feature heard on many radio stations across the country, through her book, The Joybringer Challenge, or speaking to groups large and small all around the country. She dreams big and prays even bigger. With big faith, Susan and her husband, Chris, are always ready with a yes to whatever and wherever the Holy Spirit leads. While full of life and joy, she also is almost always full of iced tea. Welcome to the Leadership <laughs> on the Rocks podcast season. I'm so glad to have you. I'm so glad to be here, Bethany. You're just the best. <laughs> well, thank you. I'll pay you later for that. Right, so, right. <laughs> season, you are truly a beacon of light for bringing joy. And, you know, boy, do we need more joy in our lives. But I also think a lot of people listening really confuse the words happiness and joy yeah. and think they're the same when they're just not. So for can sure. you just start us off and say, hey, guys, here's the difference between happiness and joy. Yeah, I think that's a vital question because um, we uh, yeah, history and culture is not kind to joy. But joy is, I think, vital uh, in the life of a Christian. In fact, it's the second fruit of the spirit, right? So it's like love, joy, peace. Um, scripture mentions joy in some form in 472 times. It's wow. and, and that's not something most people understand or or have ever heard. So we understand that um, in in the idea of Christian joy, that joy comes from Jesus. Joy is rooted deeply in who Jesus is. I like to say this, and you'll hear me say this a lot, but joy is for you because Jesus is for you. But again, like you said, joy and happiness can kind of be confused a lot. They're not the same thing. I like to say they are cousins. Like they're related. Like you can feel happy and joy together. But uh, I, I gave a stab at my own definition of joy and I call it a buoyant sense of well-being because of the Can love of the father. Again? Yeah. It's a buoyant sense of well-being because of the love of the father, the person and work of Jesus and the power and presence of the Holy spirit. So 
Remember the movie in the 90s, Hope Floats, right? Yes. This idea that joy floats. Joy is firmly placed on the foundation of God's love. That's the buoyant sense of well-being. So while I can be unhappy about a lot of things, right, I can still have joy. And it gets back to the, the basics because of who God is, because the God loves me ultimately. And that Jesus, who he is and what he's done for me, changed my life. And I'm not alone. The power and presence of the Holy Spirit is with me right now. So that's the basic structure of what joy is. And then we build from there. How do we then really receive it? And how do we walk in it? You know, mm. so many people, it, the, the phrase choose joy is kind of everywhere. It's been everywhere for a while. And and we can choose it by looking at Jesus, choose it by reminding ourselves what we have in the Lord so that we can let go of the burdens. This is why I love talking about joyful leadership. Mm-hmm. History, like I said, hasn't been kind to joy, especially in leadership. Like whenever you hear of um, like the list of the top qualities of a leader, like joy has never been on that list. Never. never. <laughs> but we would understand and people would argue that Jesus is arguably the greatest leader of all time, right? Like even people who don't believe that he's the son of God or, or God himself, Jesus arguably greatest leader of all time. And scripture calls Jesus the most anointed with joy of any human to ever walk the planet or exist today. Man, that's not something people understand about Jesus either. Jesus is the original, full of joy, joy bringer. It is so true. Right. And so if Jesus, the greatest leader of all time, is also the most joyful person to have ever lived, then what are we missing in our leadership? We can learn something from him, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Trolls where it's a cartoon, you know, and all these people are walking around and they're just like, I'm happy. And they're all like really sad and just kind of, you know, ho-hum like an Eeyore type thing. And I think a lot of times in leadership, that's how we're walking around where the Eeyores were those troll, not the trolls, whatever the bad guys are, the Birkins or whatever they are in that movie, just really ho-hum, sad, negative, pessimistic and all those things. And like, if you have Jesus in your life, that's not what you should be feeling, what you should look yeah. like. Yeah. And, and and guys, for those of you not watching on YouTube, I have to explain. So Joy and I met at a conference, a go-getter. Uh, you conference. did what everyone else does. You called me Joy. It happens all the I time. I did. Oh my gosh. Season. See? Yeah. And But here's here was my point. And it, yeah. probably the reason I did that, that Freudian slip. Everyone if you've does. Seen, yeah. If you've seen the movie Inside Out, the cartoon, uh, she looks like Joy from that movie. 100%. You know, got the hair, got the mohawk going on. Yeah. And you just exude it. You are such a light. You are glowing with Joy. And that's half the time why people probably call you Joy instead of your actual name, Season. Yeah. <laughs> Which I also well, but here's, love and adore. And here's the thing, Bethany, the, the thing about that. Here's what I want to like from the beginning start with. Your Joy and my Joy do not have to look the same. Oh, that's good. This is why it gets disqualified. We disqualify it immediately. People hear me speak. Mm-hmm. I come to their business or their, you know, I'm coaching or whatever. And they're like, but I'm not like you. I don't look like you. I don't act like you. I don't bounce down a hallway. You know what I say to that? Praise God. <laughs> we don't need any more <laughs> of that. That's fine. Your joy and my joy are expressed different. They are brought to the table in a different way because God created you and me differently. So he didn't create me to only experience and bring joy. He created all of us to experience good news of great joy and bring it everywhere we go. So I like I have to do a lot of extra work in the leadership space 
to convince people that joy belongs in the workplace. Joy belongs in business. Joy belongs in your leadership. Because like you, you brought it up. Who wants to follow Eeyore, right? Like (laughs) nobody, nobody nobody. wants to follow that. We want to be inspired. We want to be encouraged. And we want to be under leadership of something that is buoyant, right? Trustworthy. It doesn't have to be perky and extroverted to be joyful. So help us understand that because, you know, leaders do deal with a lot of problems, conflicts, and constraints, right? And just overarching everyday kind of chaos, revolving doors of chaos. How can we find joy amongst all of that chaos as a leader so that we can then be the light of showing what joy looks like in the chaos? Yeah. That's why um, it's so important to have core values. It's so important to understand you know, who you are as a leader, what you're called to do. Cause so many people will disqualify themselves and say, oh, I'm, I'm not, you know, a leader or, but I'm not the leader of the organization, but we are all um, called to lead ourselves well, and then lead others well. And it really begins because the pushback I get a lot is, but there's a, the leadership is a burden. The burden of leadership is real. And I go, right. But have we read the words of Jesus? where he says, exchange my heavy, your heavy yoke for mine that is easy and light. He's not saying that what you're called to is easy, but yes, deal with the thing that I have given you to deal with. And then let's exchange the yoke, bring your burdens, that budget that won't balance that person that you need to fire, bring the the difficulty of the fact that you are running a company and paying for all these people's livelihood and their families, bring that to me, exchange your burden for my strategy, for my empowerment, for my supernatural ability to change things, we exchange that burden. So we can then go through and recognize it's not in my strength. It's in the Lord's strength. He's invited me to grab a hold of what he wants to empower me with so I can then lead other people. Man, that's so good. And, you know, as you think, it, you even have the book, The Joybringer Challenge, and it's all about the journey of finding that joy in Jesus. But I love that you're starting with step one. Everything you just said, it starts with Jesus. Yeah. You can't look for it in external things. And I think a lot of times, and you even called me out on this whenever we were at that retreat of, hey, Bethany, I think you're making structure an idol. You know, we can look to best practices, to structures, to all of these worldly things or the noise of the world, right? All that negativity. And it distracts us from the one step one of where we find joy, where that pump and that fountain of joy is. And that's with the relationship with Jesus. So talk to us if we have leaders and maybe they don't have a relationship, maybe they've had religion but they've not had relationship. How can we start, take that first step on that journey of joy by getting closer to Jesus? Yeah, it it does. It begins right there. Understanding more of what the gospel actually is. It isn't fire insurance. We don't say yes to Jesus <laughs> just so we don't go to hell, right? We don't say yes to Jesus so that someday things will be good in heaven, We say yes to the salvation. That word sozo actually means so much more. It's completed, healed, saved, freed. It's all of these words in one. Because if the case, if it was the case that it was just to get us out of hell or to to save us for someday, then we would say yes to Jesus and be whisked away to that someday. But instead, it's not saving from, but saving for. 
the power to live right now, the presence and power of the Lord with us to change our lives today. We got to start there. What Am I really grabbing a hold of the gift of life, of the abundant life of Jesus? Do I know who Jesus really is? We got to get to that yeah, to really receive the truth that joy is for you because Jesus is for you. So we start there. That um, the presence and power is where joy is found. Scripture says that. It says, in the presence of the Lord is found strength and joy. And what does we need as leaders? That's exactly what we need. We need strength and joy. And where is it found? In the presence of Jesus. And good news, he's here <laughs> right now. <laughs> you don't have to go to church on Sunday to get it. Go mm-hmm. to church any day of the week and be encouraged, be inspired, be you know surrounded by other believers. But also remember, you are a temple of the Lord. God is with us right here, right now, providing everything we need. That's the invitation that's in front of us. Jesus says, but will you receive what I have for you? Mm-hmm. So you mentioned, you know, the first step, right, is, is this idea of salvation. We, we meet who Jesus is and what he has for us. I have four core values that I call the joy bringers core values. Uh, it is also the same four core values of, of a joyful leader. And it it begins with salvation, that, that idea of salvation, the first core value is gratitude. It starts there. Oh, yes. Right? As a leader, it's so easy to wake up in the morning and go, I have so much to do today that I don't want to do. I, <laughs> Every I day, all even, day. <laughs> I don't want to walk out of my office. Is this familiar? Because I don't want to encounter the people down the hallway that I'm frustrated with, bitter. I don't know how to deal with. I don't have an answer to that thing. So I'm just going to hide instead of. I am so grateful, Lord, that you've put me in this position. I don't have what it takes or or maybe I do, but I'm grateful that you are empowering me to do these things today. And none of the things I have to face are outside of your purview. Like you see them and you see beyond them. And it starts with, I'm so grateful. I'm, I'm so grateful that I have everything I need because I have you. And you know what I'm hearing in your voice is the humility. A lot of times when we think we're doing it in our own power, we can become arrogant and that really cuts into the gratitude mindset and everything that you just said, oh man, humility was just all through that. I am humble. God, it's not me. It's you. I don't have the strength. You have the strength. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All of that comes from humility. Yeah. And then it really, it moves on from there. So on the journey that I, I take people through in my, in my book, it's, it's, it's applicable in the leadership space, right? So the first idea is salvation. We have to talk about who Jesus is. Then we're going to talk about what he does. Jesus, it says in scripture, goes around from town to town and heals everybody. Jesus is the savior. He's, he is God, but he, what he did was heal people and he still mm-hmm. does. So that's physical healing, but it's spiritual and emotional healing as well. And the core value of this section of healing is recognizing who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Forgiveness is the greatest healer of all time, right? <laughs> so we as a, as as joy bringers, people who are learning to receive it and bring it everywhere we go, we want to grab a hold of that core value of forgiveness to receive it from the Lord and to operate in it. And this is vital in the life of a leader. Because every day we deal with things that are frustrating, that make us angry, people who betray us. You you hired this person. They embezzled money from you. They disappointed you. They up and quit because they got a better deal somewhere. I mean, the disappointment 
and Mm -hmm. anger and frustration that a leader faces on a daily basis. This is real. This is why leaders build walls around themselves and isolate and don't want relationship with other people and why people who are relationship driven quit organizations because they don't, they can't have a relationship with someone. So we have to operate in forgiveness and, and we go, but I have, and Jesus says 70 times seven, Mm -hmm. right? Again and again, we work on forgiveness so that we can remain open-hearted and open-minded because mm-hmm. if that person over there in across the boardroom table has hurt you and yet they come to you with a really fantastic suggestion, you're more likely to take that suggestion if you've walked through that forgiveness work Absolutely. or your bitterness, anger, and resentment is just going to keep them at an arm's length and you are going to lose out. And so is your organization because you're not open to what other people bring to the table. People Absolutely. bring to the table a lot of painful, difficult things, but they also, the Lord has brought those people to you for a reason. And so much of that can also be a projection. It's not actually you, it's projected upon you, but it's from other things, other frustrations. And yeah. one of the things I was thinking about that Lord knows I have lived through so many times as you are helping people navigate conflict, because even as a leader, you're bringing other people that have issues with each other together to resolve the conflict and move forward. Yeah. You know, it's, it's with that forgiveness, it's not judging them in that moment. It's walking them through that, helping them find forgiveness, helping you find that forgiving heart. But then, and this is what I see a lot of leaders that don't do after they've had what I would call a hard conversation. They're not the first to stand out, extend their hand and say, Hey, you know, we're good. Come back into the fold kind of thing. We're good. Let's move on from here. They wait until the next natural meeting or whatever encounter. And the, all that time in between, man, the stories are flying. What are they thinking about? They Are they judging me? Is this going to be my evaluation? But you know, all these things you've got to, as a leader, yes, internally forgive everything you just said, but then also let them know, Hey, it's okay. We're good. Let's continue on with our professional relationship. And that is forward. so healthy. That is so important because you do, you walk around and go, uh, yeah. he just walked by my office and didn't stop. Right. Mm-hmm. I had yeah. a leader that I worked for. Um, he was just so socially awkward too, but you could tell, like you could hear it. He'd sigh at the end of the hallway and like beeline it past everybody's door Aww. because he was always so worried that people hated him or were mad at him or had that awkward conversation. And most of us are just kind of like, I just want to connect with you or say, Hey, how you doing? Or, or great job this last, when there's no openness for those encounters, it breeds fear and storytelling. We begin to just tell ourselves these stories and that's probably more detrimental than anything else. Man. It's so true. So going back to your pillars, you know, we start with salvation. We're we're having the heart of gratitude and then we're walking through forgiveness. So what comes next in that journey? This is such a good opportunity as leaders for us to grow. The third section in my book is all about filling, being filled with the Holy Spirit. That looks a lot of different ways, but the Holy Spirit has gifts for us and fruit to produce in us. And they're unlimited, which is really amazing when we realize how much we have to receive and to grow in, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the the core value of this concept, this section about being filled um, is unusual because it's not something I think most people would expect. It's flexibility. Because- Whoa, yeah. You right, <laughs> right. Because here, here's the reality. Salvation, healing, the, the power of who God is, 
all of those things are described in scripture as right the righteous oak tree, the firm foundation, the mighty rock, things that don't move. God's love, who he is, doesn't move. Mm-hmm. But the power and presence of the Holy Spirit is always described as wind, fire, water, breath, right? Yes. Things that move. So if we want to be confident in who we are, it's confident and firm on the love of God. And if we want to move with the Holy Spirit, then we have to release the tight grip of control and Ooh, fear. Speak in my language right there. And we must be flexible to move with the spirit. Mm-hmm. That is vital. You know, when we learned a lot of that COVID, <laughs> the word pivot became everybody's language, yeah. right? All I can picture in my mind is Ross from Friends. Pivot, pivot. <laughs> the best. But when, you know who succeeded? People who were able to go think outside the box and let's do it different, right? Mm-hmm. Suddenly teachers are teaching online. Suddenly things that one would think, you know, we we do it this one way. I always, the stories, which were, were so amazing, were when um, big, huge, like factories turned on a dime and started producing other things. They're oh, like, yeah. oh, we need more of this? Cool. Let's produce that. I thought, oh my gosh, that's what we do. This is what we do. Where's the need? Holy Spirit, how do you want to deal with it? When we come to the Lord every day with gratitude right? We do the work of forgiveness. And then we say, now, God, here are my plans. What do you want to do? Is there an area that I am blind to because of fear and control? Is there an area where I um, have missed? Is there is there somebody else's idea? Is there a way we can do things different? When we are flexible to move with the spirit, we're taken way beyond our our zone, right? We like to make little, little houses, little, this is my little field. This is what I'm, I'm, I mow this lawn in straight lines. This is my lane. That's what my lane, (laughs) you know, I mean, isn't, isn't who moved my cheese still one of the most successful books of all time, right? (laughs) We don't like change, Mm -hmm. but the Holy spirit and the Lord scripture says a million times, God is always doing something new. And if we want fresh revelation, fresh new things, new creations, constant renewal in our businesses, we have to be open to the new thing God wants to do every day in our lives and in our businesses. Man, how do we become open to that? Because so many leaders are so organized, like myself, right? Structure, high structure, control, all of those things. How do we let loose and find that flexibility in the spirit? Especially if you've been raised, you know, out, you know, with religion, high structure, performance-based uh, religion with God. How do you learn to become flexible with the Holy Spirit? How do you learn to be filled with that? Help us as leaders. That's how such a good that? question. It's such a good, it's practical, right? Here, here's what I do. I have to look back and go, oh my gosh, Lord. I look at what you did, you, you, the way that you brought this about in my life, the way that you did these things are far beyond what I could have imagined, right? I would assume that you have those things in your life, Bethany, where, where you're like, oh my gosh, I, I, I can accomplish all these tasks, but over here, look what God did, Mm -hmm. right? God is the strategist, the greatest strategist in heaven, right? The, the ultimate creator, He has systems and processes. Those are not evil or bad, right? Right. 
but he has system and processes for everything. And and if you if you zoom out and look at what he's creating every day, he gets excited about those things. He can meet you in that desire to have things organized and and structured well. And he can teach us to trust him. That it it goes back to do I trust that God is good? Yes. That's what fear is all about. Do I trust that God uh, the next section too that we're going to talk about in a second, we'll come back to this idea, but do we trust that God is the one in control or do I believe that I'm the God in this relationship, right? We try to bring God down to our level. Yeah. We can't see him outside the box we create, like you said. That's right. And so if we zoom out a little and recognize God's presence and power in these moments, Yes, he has empowered you. Yes, he's given you strategic ideas. Yes, he's given you plans, but also the world is constantly changing. Mm -hmm. And he wants us to be able to meet the needs of the constantly changing world. My mom had a sticker on her computer and it said, in matters of style, swim with the current. In matters of principle, stand like a rock. Oh, oh, please say that again. That was uh so good. That in matters of style, swim with the current. In matters of principle, stand like a rock. If you, in your leadership quality, you're like, this is who we are. This is my business. These are the core values of my business. This is who we are. The way we do things and how can change. So if it's a principle issue, right? You take it to the Lord. I'm standing like a rock. We're not budging on this one. Yeah. But how we go about those things, Jesus never heals the same way twice. It's beautiful. He Jesus, doesn't. Miracles yeah. are just that. And they're creative and they they come about all manner of ways. Mm-hmm. So we can do well. And, and, and it, how we do this, if, if it's someone like, like you who are, you're like, this is the way I do things and this is how it is. To back up a little and say, Lord, forgive me if if there's anything in me that is um, being stubborn or uh, prideful or m- most often fearful to be open to doing a different way, then uproot it in me. Holy Spirit, like cleanse that out. It, search my heart, oh God, right? And, and reveal to me your ways. Sometimes the Lord is like, girl, I created you to make every spreadsheet and system possible. Go do that. (laughs) And there will be times where he says, Bethany, set that aside and go on um, like a blindfolded adventure with me and let me tell you where to go at every turn. Yes. And that's fun. Okay. Not for everybody, but but the Lord's (laughs) always interested in stretching and growing us. Absolutely. And and I think whenever we lean in too much into our comfort zone of I got this, we yeah. we loosen that need for Jesus every single day. Yeah. And and so often God does pour his talents into us and they're all different. Please recognize the need of diversity of talents and skill sets on your team, but then also everybody needs to go to that stretch zone and it I think everything I'm hearing you say a lot of it is we move so quick and so fast in this in this society, in this working world, or even with our families, yeah. we got to slow down and just stop and say, whoa, give me your eyes because I know I'm blind to some things and, and show me the log in my eye because I'm constantly focusing on the, the speck and others. Yeah. It has to rec- start with you. It has to yeah. start with you. 
It really does. And one thing I noticed, you know, as you were talking about how Jesus never healed the same thing twice, something occurred to me. I've been doing a deep dive back into just the gospels, right? I want to read the words in red. What did Jesus say and do? And I've noticed this phrase, it has leapt off the page like it never has before, that in a lot of situations, it, it made the statement, Jesus had compassion on him, her, them, compassion. He was noticing the things of the people around him. And then he was flexible and reacted according. Well, I mean, he is God, you know, the son, but then he made the decision on what to do next. Yeah, He noticed and he had compassion. And I think a lot of times in leadership, we are steamrollers moving forward. Get the task done. Yep. <laughs> yep. And we don't notice or have compassion in those moments. And yeah. I think that for me, as you were talking about flexibility, that is something seriously that I was like, man, I just read that this morning in my Bible study. Uh, wow. Notice, have compassion, and then be flexible to what God wants you to do next. Yeah. So thank yeah. you. Thank you for preaching to me today. <laughs> well, there's yeah. a fourth section, and this is where we really, in my book, where I really dive into leadership. We talk about, uh, that's this fourth section, leading from joy, really um, grabbing a hold of the truth that you are called to lead yourself and others well. Um. And there, I really start with like core values. Like we talk about like, how can you lead if you don't know who you are and what you're supposed to do? Like what, that's the thing that the rubric that we come back to, the core values of who we are and what our businesses are, right? Like if you have the core values laid out, it answers the questions before they arise, right? If your core value is to live debt free, do I buy this thing on credit? No, I do not, right? Core values, lay it out. But throughout this this section on leading, the, the the most important thing, the, the core value in the leadership section is also counterintuitive for those of us who are go-getters and, and you know, steamrollers. It's rest. The core value of a joyful leader has to be rest. Why? Because we're modeling our lives after Jesus. We are Christians, which means little Christs, right? This, we are Christ-like. We are Christ followers. Therefore, we do what he says, which I he says, I do what my father does. And so therefore we do what Jesus did and he rested. Arguably the most busy in-demand human in the world ever to walk the planet says, I love you all. I see all the needs. I'm going to take a minute and I'm going to go rest with my father so that I can be refueled and continue to pour out. So we all, we, every one of us, every single one of us, but you don't understand I've got 10 kids and I've got four businesses and I have all the things. I have no time to rest. You don't understand. Um, But I think Jesus does. Yeah. And his greater purpose in calling us to rest is to remind us that he is God. That is so good. Think about how many times, I mean, he had massive crowds following him. How many times did he slip off at multiple hours of the day to spend time alone with God? Yeah. He wasn't like, there's a reason for that. He Mm -hmm. needed to be refilled. He was a human. He felt the stress, the pressure. He felt the exhaustion, the fatigue. He Mm -hmm. had to go get refueled. Yes. That's so important because I've, I've experienced clinical burnout. And I think so many of us as leaders have, because I will push. In fact, my experience before I became are doing what I do now. I was a, an actor on stage my whole life from the time I could walk. Uh, and I did We're, we're not shocked at that because you're no, very amazing. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm such an introvert, right? Um, so I 
was raised with the concept of the show must go on. Mm -hmm. And the theater company that I worked for had an unspoken yet very real rule. And it was called the bloody stump rule. And it was like, you go on if you have a bloody stump. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, people would like vomit backstage and then come on. They'd go to the hospital during the day and get an IV and then go on at night. Like just this martyrdom of, but I'm valuable and I cannot not show up to be in a show, right? We never had understudies. You know, now you you have to, but like I'm I prided myself just to say that in my 20 years of professional performing, I never used an understudy until I, I was married the first time. Everybody got married on a Monday, so they could go on stage on Tuesday. They could wow. go back on stage. I got married on a Monday, did that my first time. Second time, I was like coming out of this and and realizing like, huh, that might not be healthy. Really? You know, it reminds me of uh, the movie Monty Python, where it's the night, the black Not quite dead yet. Yes, not quite yet dead yet. It's merely a flesh wound. Yeah. So the (laughs) second time I, when I married my husband, I, I took a day off and I had an understudy go on for me to get married. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So we have this martyrdom and then we wonder why we're bitter and angry and people don't want to be around us because we're not lovely humans. Because we walk around in this victim mentality of you don't understand how hard I have to work. You don't know. Nobody can do this but me. And that's so dangerous. It is. It's so dangerous. You know, something that's truly becoming a pet peeve of mine is when leaders have that mentality and that's what they're modeling and expect of their team. It it just angers me. (laughs) When was the last time you, my leader friend, went on a vacation? We celebrate over time, we celebrate people like, you know, burning the midnight oil. We celebrate those things. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you were celebrated for taking all of your vacation time? Yeah. It doesn't happen, right? So we have to model healthy structure and rhythm in our lives. And we have to ideally model that and put it in our structure of our businesses, in the structure of our leadership, how we lead our teams to say, what did you do for fun this week, team? Fun and play is a really an interesting thing to study because especially even in in Christianity and and, and just in our overall well-being, children play. It's a form of learning. It's a form of exercise. It's a form of growth. And connection. Yes. (laughs) And adults stop doing that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I don't come out and preach like joy as in go be a, a clown and and play and have circus time all the time. Yeah. But that is vital in our expression and our experience of joy is play. Mm-hmm. And play and rest are not the same thing either. But if we don't schedule time in our lives to play, in other words, things that aren't productive. Well, if you're like me, I'm like, yes, but I could be productive by by play because I'm connecting with other people and I'm, you know. <laughs> but truly, we have to schedule time and be intentional about our play because mm-hmm. if we don't then we will look for escape and other ways to experience that that usually are not very healthy no. that's where in in the christian world especially um secret sin happens ah so true so- and there's nothing there's actually no such thing as secret sin mm-hmm. there's no such thing as sin that only hurts you yeah sin affects everybody 
So if we're not having these moments of escape, play, joy, where we foster the release that happens in us when we mm-hmm. let loose, we yeah. will find another release and yeah. it will not be healthy. Absolutely. And can I just throw this out there for all of you leaders? Um, play and schedule dates with your spouse. Yeah. Play with your kids. That is one easy way for you to let the busyness of the world go and experience that that joy, that playful side with the ones that you love the most. Yeah. Man. And also at work. It's yes. fun. You know, Absolutely. like why not one day come in and and set up a, a mini putt putt down the hallway of your office? Right. Like do yeah. something fun to get things different, right? Mm-hmm. Snacks or someone brings in just something that's going to change it up a little and offer opportunity for us to have new conversation over something fun, to build bonds with people, to Absolutely. escape. You know, it is it is a healthy thing. It's okay to change that with that, like put a different hat on, you know, Mm -hmm. it's also really good you as a leader for your team to see you in a different light. Yeah, absolutely. So in in thinking about all things joy season, can you give us a visual? So give any scenario, a typical work scenario, that's maybe a hard one. I think a lot of us can have a misconception. Joy means I always am, you know, perky and outgoing. And you've already spoken and said, no, your joy looks different than my joy. But can you give us a visual of a hardship? And even if you want to give an example from the Bible with Jesus, but what is a visual of hardship and what does joy look like in the middle of that hardship? That's so good. I I will tell you, um, I've I've had experience. Sometimes things are just extremely traumatic and difficult, right? You're in a season, there's trauma, there's loss, there's feelings of great depression and anxiety there's there's hopelessness that's a real attack in our lives right sometimes we can't see the way out i went through a season where um i was just surrounded by trauma and pain yeah and i found myself just doom scrolling like on facebook just crying all day every day and just completely like just taken out just taken out by it and i came across a quote by Lisa Turkhurst. And this is not what it said, but it's how my brain processed it. (laughs) And it said to me, what I read was, you steer where you stare. And I heard the Lord immediately say, you've locked eyes with worst case scenario. I want you to lock eyes with me. And I was just ripped back and I recognized that. So what that looks like in a scenario is when when we're in gridlock, when we're in a moment of like, I don't know what to do. I'm yeah. stuck. I'm, And all you can see is betrayal and doom and gloom. All you can see are the things around you, the fires that you can't put out. What we might not feel joy in this moment. Because again, Bethany, it goes back to this idea that joy is not a feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a buoyant sense of well-being. So I might not feel happy, joyful, effervescent, perky, extroverted, none of those things, but I can lock eyes with Jesus because he is our joy and he is with me right now. So that's where for me, it's practical. I'm looking at those, those doom and gloom things, those hopeless scenarios, those, those things that are insurmountable, the challenges around us. I, they're very sexy to look at, right? Like you just like, zone in on them and you're like yeah it's like that 
that like, what are those like spiral things that you look at? Like the hypnotizing things? You're like, oh, right. I can't look away. Mm -hmm. We rip our eyes off of that. Rip our eyes off of worst case scenario, trauma, doom and gloom, anxiety, depression, and lock eyes with Jesus. You may not feel joy, but he's with you in the room. You can lock eyes with him. And that's where we see things from a new perspective. That for me has been vital. I don't feel joyful today. Okay, that's fair. My feelings change all the time. But I can see what God is doing. I can't see what I can do right now, but where are you, Jesus? And what are you doing? And what can I look at? Where will I? Because where God is, where we see Jesus, where where we see his hand, that's where we find hope. That's where we find miracles. That's where we find um, strength. That's where we find strategy. What are you blowing on right now, God? What are you cultivating right now? I'm going to look at that. Yeah. That he's not asking us to hide and bury our head from the trauma. He's just asking us to look at him and let him lead because he knows how to take that when the when the wolf is trying to attack the sheep or when the sheep are walking along the edge of the cliff we have to lock eyes with the shepherd to lead us in the right direction absolutely and that goes back to the the point that you started out with in all of this you know that that phrase choose joy yeah. so guys what does that mean in our lives whenever yeah. we are going through all of the chaos and the hardships of leadership or just everyday life choose to look away from all the loud things that want your attention, doom and gloom, like you said, and choose to look at Jesus. That's it. Then and, you and are I, going and to I want to just clarify that is not um, easy believism. That mm-hmm. is not a cop out. It is not a weak perspective because Jesus is handling this, the problems. He is dealing with what needs to be dealt with. So if we are not, you're like, oh. Yeah, but I, well, I'm walking on the edge of the cliff. How can I not acknowledge that there's a cliff here? Well, sure, but if you stare too long at that dang cliff, you're going to go over, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to look at Jesus not to pretend I'm not on the edge of the cliff, but to look at him because he's going to lead me to a good place. Hmm. It's a strong choice, not a weak choice. Joy gets a bad rap because it's considered weak, because it's considered emotional, and there's no place for that in leadership. And yet... The joy of the Lord is our strength. Show me, I will show you your measure of strength by your measure of joy. Oh, so good. Nehemiah 8.10, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We as leaders want to be seen as strong, right? Because weakness is dangerous. Yeah. If that's the case, it's the joy of the Lord. It's who he is. It's our relationship. It's the joy of his presence with us, the joy of his power, the joy of who he is and what he's already done for us, and the joy of his relationship that's active and alive right now. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Mm-hmm. That's the operation. That's the modus operandi, right? <laughs> I'm operating <laughs> in the joy of Jesus. And I say this and I don't I don't mean this as flippantly as sometimes it sounds, but my joy never changes because my Jesus never changes. Yeah. So true. Again, that doesn't mean that I'm always feeling Mm -hmm. happy. Yeah. But Jesus is always with us. Therefore, joy is always with us. Absolutely. So season, you have given us so many things to really chew on and reflect you know, and I think this episode needs to be listened to multiple times to really be able to squeeze all of the wisdom that you have poured out upon us. But what are some key takeaways that our listeners need to apply to really grow 
enjoy in their leadership. Yeah. I, I, I break it back down to these, these four joy bringer core values, the leadership core values, gratitude. It starts with there. It all goes back to Jesus gratitude for who he is and his presence and his power right now. Gratitude, forgiveness. Let's do the work. Let's do the work between us and Jesus and then between us and the rest of the world mm -hmm. so that we can lead well. Then we want to be flexible. We want to get back to the idea of, I trust you, Lord. I trust you. You're always faithful. You're always good. I trust where you're going to lead because I know that you see far more than I do. And I trust that you want me to remain filled with joy, that you want me to remain healthy and able to do the job that you've given me to do so I will rest. So gratitude, forgiveness, flexibility, and rest, those are the things they're my core values as a joy bringer. They're leadership core values. I would start there. Those are the things that are going to give us handles to hold on to every day. And they will radically change not only our lives, but the lives around us. Absolutely. Those are excellent. Um, so where can our listeners go to learn more about you, your work, or buy your book, The Joybringer Challenge? Thanks. Um, seasonbowers.com or seasonbowers on social media. Uh, my book is sold anywhere books are sold. So you can link to that on my website or um, find it on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com or, or any of those places. Um, I have a, a, a my, I'm starting my own podcast. Uh, I was inspired yeah. by you and and other people to, to step out and do that. And I'm actually going to start uh, for the season of Advent and it's called the Joybringers Advent. And it's going to be 22 days straight of um, inspiration stories uh, and really engaging with um, the season of Advent. I've got guests and uh, it's going to be a really um, wonderful time of, of preparing our hearts to, to uh, celebrate the joy of Jesus's birth. So that's starting uh, December 3rd. So uh, actually, really, the best thing to do is sign up on my website with your email address to find out what's coming up. And uh, I've got a course that's coming up in January that is going to um, walk with people. I'm going to do a course where live teaching once a week to do an eight-week course to walk through my book together. Um, that's going to offer you know, weekly accountability and learning a deep dive, if you will, and then also some personal coaching sessions and things will be included in that as well. So the best thing to do is follow on my website to to uh, stay up to date on that. And um, I'm I'm just so, so grateful exciting. for for our time together. Thank you for um, the privilege of coming onto your platform and your incredible leadership under your leadership. You're you're such a gift to your listeners and to anyone who's met you. I'm grateful. It's, it's because I get to talk to smart people like you. <laughs> I'm just like, teach me and everybody else listening. Come on, let's learn. Right, yeah. right. And, well, thank you so much. And guys, I'm going to have links in the notes, uh, the show notes with to everything. And you definitely want to partake of her podcast. She's phenomenal, if you can't already tell. And then uh, definitely, you know, join in on that Joybringer Challenge course. And she will personally walk you through her book. So we need more joy in our lives. Um. So season, last question. What is one poor decision that leaders should avoid? Like, don't do this, please. You're better than that. Oh my gosh. That's that's a good one. I for me, the thing that I think has been the most um difficult is when 
a leader hires you to do something or, 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 you know, challenges you to do something and then, um, wants to micromanage that thing. So like you brought, brought me in to do the thing that I'm really good at. And then because of all the parameters and structure and all the things that I can no longer do what I'm good at, because maybe you have done those things before and I'm not doing it the way you would have done it. And so those because are really you're a control hard. freak. Let's call a spade a spade. Okay, sure. Micromanaging yeah. control yeah. freak. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> Don't like do that. celebrate the people that you've hired because you hired them for a reason. So let them do the thing that they're, they're there to do. Absolutely. It was so good. I feel so blessed. And I know that everybody listening to this episode is so blessed from you and your work. Um, and just helping us find more joy in the chaos. And again, that joy starts with Jesus. So Susan, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, friend. Man. All right, guys, until next time, continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10b. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength.